Let's say Mayweather by knockout in six. You won! You did it! You did it! I knew you would! I just knew you would! I'm Andrew Schweitzer, and you're listening to the Boxing for Free podcast. Yes, I did not pick Floyd Mayweather to win in 10 rounds. I picked him to win in six. But at the same time, if people are allowed to pat Conor McGregor on the back and say, congratulations, you know, you did a great job even though he lost, I think that I'm able to pat myself on the back and say, hey, good job. I picked the only obvious winner because I have an understanding of this sport, unlike a lot of people who picked McGregor. Yes, the fight between Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor took place this past Saturday. No, I did not watch it as it happened. In fact, I didn't even do my usual practice, which was to sneak into the back, make it look like, oh, I need to go to the bathroom again and check social media to see how the fight was actually going. I had no interest. I'm not surprised that Floyd Mayweather knocked him out. I'm not too surprised, actually, looking back at it, that Floyd lost the first three rounds on a lot of the judges' scorecards. I think that was all part of his strategy. I think that he wanted Connor to punch himself out, to get himself tired. And more or less, if you look at the, uh, Connor near the end of the fight, he barely has the energy to keep his arms up. He was dead tired. He's huffing and puffing. And you can see, you can tell the difference between corners uh, at the end of the rounds because McGregor's people are hopping into the ring hoping to give him enough time to recover. Floyd's dad's just taking his time getting in there. It's like, okay, yeah, you know you know what to do. Just keep doing it. And I'm not surprised. Stopped him in 12, or sorry, stopped him in 10 rounds. I thought that, uh, I didn't think Robert Bird did a great job as referee in this fight. I, I want you to go back, listen to his introduction, because it just goes on for too damn long and just seems... Uh, Seems like it's trying to make itself a bit too important, even though it's kind of like, shut up, Robert. Nobody's nobody's watching this fight to hear what you have to say. Okay. All you, all you, Gentlemen, too old. you've had some detailed instructions in the rules meeting. You've had pre-fight instructions in the back room. What I'm going to remind you of now is what I expect you in the swing. This will be a clean, professionally fought bout under boxing rules. Okay? Now, both of you, world-class championship professionals, and that's how I expect you to act in this ring. You're going to hear me say, stop, because I'm not going to wrestle with you, and I'm not going to grapple with you. You hear me say stop, and what that means is, stop whatever you're doing, give me a clean break. Protect yourself at all times, obey my commands at all times. Right here on the belt is good, right here on the belt is good. That said, Mr. McGregor, Mr. Mayweather, yes. gentlemen, let's do this. The crowd was starting to boo. They knew. Robert, shut up and let them fight, okay? And if you actually go back and look at uh, Robert Bird, he is constantly looking at uh, McGregor as he's giving these instructions. It's kind of like he's really emphasizing to Connor, like, hey, no punching, no, none of this stuff. And the thing was, Robert Bird warned McGregor quite a few times about, uh, like, he was pounding Floyd Mayweather on the head, not with clean punches, but, like, with these MMA punches. I don't know what the hell they're called. I don't care. But, uh, 
he kept warning him and warning him. And at one point, though, McGregor, he he uh, lands a low blow, or rather, he uh, he lands a body shot on Floyd, and he gets a warning from uh, Robert Bird saying, oh, you know, no low blows. And when I watched it, the fight later, I thought, well, that wasn't a low blow. In fact, the commentary crew even says that, no, that was a clean shot. And you could tell uh, by the by the end of the ninth round that, okay, it's got to end soon. It really has to end soon. Connor can barely hold his hands up. You know, at the start of the round, he's got just enough energy to land a few of these pitter-patter punches. And then after that, he's just on the defensive, constantly moving, running. And Floyd is the one taking control and eventually stopped him in the middle of the uh, middle of the round. I don't think it was a bad stoppage by Robert Byrd. And, you know, I, I joked at the time, that sound you heard at the time Robert Byrd stopped the fight was all of Ireland collectively shouting, Ah, fuck! I also saw this uh, this video on Instagram of a guy getting so mad that he was punching his TV. And I just thought, it, first of all, if that was real, I thought, wow, you know, if, if you fought the TV the way... Connor fought Floyd, that might have been an actually competitive fight, but <clears throat> yeah, the fight's done. Uh, one thing that actually surprised me after the fight was uh, Justin, who runs boxing for free. The dude does not swear, okay? He, well, not he doesn't usually swear. I mean, I, I could tell him, hey, Justin, you know, like, you may think that it's a paradise, but actually socialism has some very, very terrible things about it. And the most he might do is just give me, you know, a wagging finger of shame, which doesn't really work on me because you can't inflict what I don't have. And but he never gets upset. I mean, he just never gets angry. He will actually if he wants to tell you to, you know, blank off, he will write EFF. He curses like a, a nine-year-old trying to sound tough, but also knows that his mom's in the other room, so he can't do it too badly. Like, yeah, well, F you. But no, he he, he let the F-bombs fly this time. And the only reason I don't is because, uh, well, you know, I, I'm a decent person. I don't need swear words to uh, express my anger. I'm a civilized human being. Unlike Justin, which... You know, whatever, good for him. But I guess that he had been up to his eyeballs and MMA fans and Conor McGregor fans telling him that, no, Conor's going to win this fight. This is going to be easy. If you go on BoxingForFree.com, he's actually written two articles in the past few days about the fight, the aftermath and all that. Really good reads. Go and check them out. He, on the other hand, though, does not think that... Uh, he doesn't think that Conor McGregor deserves any praise. He, he looks at it the same way I do, kind of like, okay, well, you went in there. You more or less won the first three rounds mainly because Floyd wasn't doing anything. And uh, yeah, w what happened to you is what everyone who is intelligent said was going to happen to you. And it reminded me, you know, everybody, all these people congratulating Conor, even though like, Good job, you failed. It reminded me of something I heard on Mad TV a long time ago. I did my very best as always when I fail. But anyway, the fight's done. 
I don't want to hear about Conor McGregor in the ring anymore unless he's actually going to be starting his career, you know, building his way up slowly, fighting maybe a four-round fight, then an eight-round fight, then 10, then maybe 12. But no, he's probably going to go back to MMA in the UFC, probably have a a trilogy fight with the... uh, Is it Nick Diaz or Nate Diaz? I, I don't know. I just know that the one... Well, I know that one Diaz sounds really, really stupid, but uh, I, I, I can't tell which is which. Either way, uh, the fight's done. Let's stop talking about it. I don't want to see Polly Malignaggi fight Conor McGregor because it'll just remind people that Polly's really good at talking a big game, not really good at delivering so much. But, you know, it's done. Moving on. And uh, poor Miguel Cotto. Poor Miguel Cotto, because everybody for the past week was talking about Floyd Mayweather versus Conor McGregor, myself included, because I didn't even mention his fight against Yoshihiro Kamagai in the last in the last podcast. Uh, that's on me, you know that that was my fault. But did anybody really care about Miguel Cotto versus Yoshihiro Kamagai? Oh dear, you know, poor Miguel Cotto, he he tries so hard, and it, it's not like he does anything too bad, I, I wasn't too big on him uh, being a middleweight but not fighting at middleweight so that he could avoid fighting Gennady Golovkin, but he puts his, puts his everything into this fight against Kamigai, and he still can't knock the guy out, and I was worried beforehand that, I, I kept having flashbacks to Cotto's uh, fight with Austin Trout, how everybody was talking about, okay, th- this was immediately after he had uh, lost to Floyd Mayweather and looked better than a lot of people expected. And they said, okay, well, he'll get this uh, WBA super welterweight title from Austin Trout, and then he'll go on to have a fight with Canelo Alvarez. And Canelo was at the uh, trout Cotto fight, hoping that he could go in the ring later and make a fight between the two happen. Except Trout turned out to be a lot better than people thought. He beat Miguel Cotto. Uh, and I thought the same thing might be happening here. I thought Cotto's hoping that if Canelo gets past Golovkin after they meet, he can have uh, a rematch with him, end his career by beating Can- uh, Canelo, and then go off into the sunset on his terms. But something in the back of my mind was like, it's my little upset sense. It was tingling a little bit. But no, uh, Kamigai was just tougher than a lot of people realize. Cotto was uh, definitely making himself work for this fight. He's landed left hooks on the guy. He's landed everything but the kitchen sink. And even if he had done that, I think Kamigai still would have been standing after the fight. After the fight was all done, Freddie Roach mentioned that they want the winner of Canelo Alvarez versus Gennady Golovkin to fight Miguel Cotto next. Uh, now I think when Freddie Roach said, uh, you know, we want this fight, I don't think he was speaking for Miguel Cotto because does anybody remember two fights ago for Miguel when he, after he beat Daniel Giel, how eager he sounded to face Gennady Golovkin when Max Kellerman brought it up? Uh, uh, why not? You know, but I I remember thinking that at the time it looked like Miguel Cotto thought that he was going to have to fight Golovkin right then and there if he said yes. But no, relax, Miguel. This isn't Street Fighter 2. It's not like you win one fight, you have to fight the other guy. No, 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 no. Don't worry, Miguel. Oh, but 
I don't know what's next for Cotto. There were talks before Marquez announced his retirement that uh, there might be a fight between those two. I knew that it wasn't going to happen. But regardless, congratulations to Miguel Cotto, won the vacant WBO junior middleweight title. Maybe this is going to fight, or maybe this is going to lead to a fight with Canelo Alvarez if they, if, or rather if he gets past Gennady Golovkin, maybe it's going to lead to Miguel Cotto's retirement if uh, Gennady Golovkin wins this middleweight championship fight. And speaking of this middleweight championship fight, we've got the return of 24-7. Oh boy, this should be fun. Just so you know, I actually did watch this episode of 24-7, but I'm not going to do my usual riffing style on it, and I'm not going to, you know, start a new drinking game for this 24-7, but I will admit, I did find it a bit lacking. I I felt that uh, most of it focused on Canelo, and I felt that he got maybe just a bit more attention than Golovkin. I don't know, maybe, maybe I... I'm upset for not them not giving equal time to each boxer, but uh, I felt that uh, you know I like the old uh, road to series that they used to do for a fight, where they would quickly go over a fighter's career, or rather both fighters' careers leading up to a big fight. I like the way they did that, or the way they used to do that, and this twenty four seven, it it just felt like. Uh, I don't know, almost like a, a prologue rather than an actual 24-7. It felt like this would be the road to 24-7, if you will. But uh, I, I don't think you need to know the history of uh, Canelo, Alves, Canelo Alvarez or Gennady Golovkin's careers from my mouth or from 24-7's mouth either. Uh, the one part that I really did like was where they finally talked about how this fight was supposed to happen lots of times, but it just kept not happening. And how, for the longest time, Golovkin, he was just getting frustrated. And at one point, he was just thinking, okay, forget it. We're not going to do it. Let's move on. Okay, here comes the obligatory Triple G question. Mira, yo no le tengo miedo a nadie. But multiple times following those proclamations, the two fighters' camps failed to come to an agreement, leaving Golovkin to question his opponent's willingness to step in the ring with him. Seriously, I lost interest. Last two years, I call you tomorrow, I'm ready for tomorrow, I want to deal with tomorrow, you know, just tomorrow, tomorrow, like, okay, three years tomorrow. You can understand why he loses interest. I mean, again, you're invited into the ring and Mexicans don't F around. It just seemed... A, it seemed like stupid games on Canelo's part and also Oscar De La Hoya's part because let's not go over the countless times I've torn that guy apart for all the excuses he's made. And also, you have to remember, Golovkin is 35 years old, okay? He probably has, at best, another year or two in this fight game, and then that's it. He'll probably walk away. But uh, then came the moment after the Julio Cesar Chavez and uh, Canelo Alvarez fight, which a lot of people, 
People said this was the only worthwhile part of that whole fight was what happened afterward when Golovkin got in the ring. Golovkin, you are next, my friend. Suddenly, finally, the official announcement for the fall showdown had been made right then and there. Triple G, is there anything you'd like to tell Canelo? Good luck in September. La suerte es para los mediocres, my friend. And that was Canelo telling Golovkin in response, luck is for the mediocre. And I just remember, though, I watched that in a sports bar, and the whole atmosphere immediately changed. Everybody started shouting and cheering at that moment, the moment that fight had been announced. And I kind of wish that more of this 24-7 had been about what their training has been like for the fight. Okay? How they felt about each other before then like talk about how they sparred in the past talk about how each other has changed like their perspective of each other then their perspective of each other now as champions but no it's just kind of like i said it seemed like a prologue the road to canelo versus golovkin 24 7 but if you've never seen these two before it's a great introductory program to them i mean there's not much else I can say. I didn't want to riff on this because there's not much to it, in all honesty. Like I said, at best, it's a prologue. But Justin and I have been talking, and before, uh, rather before the fight for Golovkin versus Canelo, which, whether work likes it or not, I'm not working that night. I'm not scheduled. So if they say, look, we need you to come in, it's kind of like, no, you need someone else to come in. It's not going to be me. Um... I will be watching the fight before that fight does uh, come to fruition, naturally. Before the 16th, Justin and I are going to be doing a joint podcast, and we're going to be giving our predictions for that fight. That's going to be not next week, but the week of the fight. So we want you to stick around, look forward to that, because we like doing the joint podcast. We usually do them for the big fights. We didn't do them for Mayweather versus McGregor because, well, Justin just... He kept swearing a lot and just kept ranting about how everything would be a lot better if Bernie Sanders was president. So I just decided, okay, this is really isn't podcast worthy. So I just deleted the whole thing. But I can assure you that uh, the podcast in less than two weeks time will be a lot more exciting and hopefully with a lot less democratic socialist propaganda. Propaganda in your face. Anyway, that's all we have for you this week. Like I said, in less than two weeks time there is going to be the joint podcast between me and justin where we're going to be giving our thoughts on golovkin versus canelo as well as our prediction to who will win and become the new middleweight champion anyway that's all we have for you this week we hope you enjoyed the latest edition of the boxing for free podcast you can find us online at www.boxingforfree.com that's boxing the number four free.com Twitter.com slash boxing for free. Be like Arislandi Lara, Robert Guerrero, Berman Stavern, Miller Zizek, Adonis Stevenson, Glenn Johnson. Wow, that's a lot of famous boxers and hundreds of others. And follow us on Twitter. Go to youtube.com slash boxing for free and like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash boxing for free page. You can subscribe on iTunes, Podbean, and several other podcast directories. If you use iTunes, give us a review and let everyone know that the Boxing for Free podcast is your source for boxing news and commentary. I'm Andrew Schweitzer. Thank you for listening, and we hope you tune in next time. You won! You did it! You did it! I knew you would! I just knew you would!